Welcome to the Bible Breakdown. It's a black man and woman in America who no longer identify as believers. This show contains adult languages, themes, and isn't meant for children. As black people, we respect the history of the black church in America, but its current state is massively abusive and we think the Bible might be part of the problem. Listen and let us know what you think. Peace. Welcome back to the Bible Breakdown. I'm Kat. And I am T from the BBP. Yes, you are. It is. It's exciting to get back into the Word today. Um, it's it. Like I said, well, they they know. Like we're not the most consistent. I mean, we we've but they haven't knocked us off yet. But our our goal, we promise you, listener, we're going to be more consistent. Yeah. I mean, right now we're just like the person who comes to church every now and then. <laughs> that is totally what we're like. Yeah. We're CNE podcasters. Um, but yeah, do do you have any last times? Because um, uh, we did discuss Joshua. We're on Joshua from the New Revised Standard Version. Um, we did discuss last time um, the territory of Ephraim. Uh, we discussed the other half tribe of Manasseh, and we discussed the territories of the remaining tribes. Um, I think we we referred to it as zoning. There was a lot of zoning. Yeah, was <laughs> there was zoning? It's pretty much what the Bible is right now. Um, yeah. Um, and I still yeah. stand by all my points that I've made in prior episodes. I mean, a lot of this is, um, you know, when I read a self help book. It's like, okay, I can go to a specific chapter. They give me an example. They may give me the reversal of that example. and But you get the principle altogether, and then you move on. And, like, that information for that specific point is concentrated to that, and they don't really stray from that path. And, you know, depending on what book you read, you might get about 10 examples. You could get 48 if you're reading, like, 48 Lost Power or something. But it's like it specifically remains to that. Here, I just feel like, man, we are all over the place. Like, it's a lot of ground to cover. Well, to be fair, the authors who wrote this or, you know, came up with this oral tradition, they didn't know it was going to be part of a larger narrative. Like, this was something that was edited together centuries later by the Catholic Church. So they didn't know that was going to happen. They're just doing their thing. So imagine if the work you're making right now became part of a larger narrative like it, it might not be cohesive yeah no which is again, it to uh, me it's what you would expect to see if this is just a collection of people's best attempts and not something directly given from the creator of the universe yeah which is again why i don't think we should just be putting all of our faith into this subject matter um again I've argued this point before. I think that there are pieces that we can take out of all of this, but I don't think we should just be like, this is the one true word. I've actually had a, over the last few months, had a really um, interesting spiritual journey just because I've come to just be like, you know what? I think Jesus was real. I think there's a lot of evidence to pinpoint that Jesus was real. I might've brought this up on the last podcast, but I don't think, I think he would just similar to like, a person who just at that point was like, Hey, I see a lot of shit that's fucked up. Maybe we can kind of like just, you know, spread love, man. Um, like an so, MLK figure almost. Yeah. Or just like some hippie guy. But I think um, that's what we learned throughout history. That guy always gets killed. That guy always gets killed or gal. Um, but so I, 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 I've come to, think it maybe maybe for that time period he he might have been the first person to just have that idea i don't know and then like it kind of just caught traction but i think people have like ran with it and remixed it and turned it into something of a control mechanism which i don't know like it, yeah it, it creates a lot of harm in my opinion and it creates some sheep mentality sometimes and um but i get and listening to neil brennan um and taylor tomlinson on a podcast neil brennan's podcast blocks the other day it really uh they were they got on the topic of religion and it just made me think of like you know i'm okay with just 
not knowing. I think. Uh, Ooh, I have to send you a clip from Louis C.K.'s recent special. Okay. Um, he performed live at Madison Square Garden, and uh, he has a really good um, take on how messed up it is to tell kids about hell. Like is you can really make the case. I mean, he is not doing it, but you. I think you can logically make the case that it's a form of psychological torture. Um. So to me, like that's part of the harm. But I do agree with you that I think that Jesus existed. Probably, I think he's been mythogized, mythicized a bit. But I don't think Moses was a real person. There's less evidence for him. Like there might have been a guy, but once again, I think they ultimately just sort of um, deified, not deified him, but yeah, there's just this mythos around him that just almost to me seems not realistic. So at best, he was just a really charismatic cult leader. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think it's just human nature sometimes too. And actually, uh, Jesus, I think we still sort of, with what we know about him, like just the canon, not his branding, but just the actual written word about him. Because Louis C.K. brings that up in the special too. Like, I lightweight feel like that's why he got canceled. Because the sex stuff he did honestly wasn't that bad. That's a controversial take. But I think it's because he's very outspoken against Christianity. Like, he's lost some of his privilege because of that. Because he's uh, talking about, like, the actual stories about Jesus aren't actually that great. Like, he's okay. I mean... He wasn't dropping anything that was even for the time that mind blowing. So Noah's fucking mind blowing chat GPT. <laughs> People are going that, crazy for it, man. That's what's okay, should about. we should we read the Bible? Yeah, we should read the Bible. I'm sure that's why you all are listening still. <laughs> so um let's do this. Um Joshua nineteen, the territory of Simeon. The second lot came out for Simeon, for the tribe of Simeon, according to its families its inheritance lay within the inheritance of the tribe of judah it had for its inheritance beersheba sheba malada hazashual bala azim eltalad bethul horma zigla beth markaboth hazar susa beth libaoth and sharahim sharahim 13 towns from 13 towns with their villages. Ayan, Rimen, Ether, and Ashen, four towns with their villages, together with all the villages all around these towns as far as Bala-Bir, Ramoth of the Negev. This was the inheritance of the tribe of Simeon according to its families. The inheritance of the tribe of Simeon formed part of the territory of Judah because the portion of the tribe of Judah was too large for them. The tribe of Simeon obtained an inheritance with their inheritance. The territory of Zebulun. The third lot came up from the tribe of Zebulun. According to its families, the boundary of its inheritance reached as far as Sarid. Then its boundary goes west. Then its boundary goes up westward and on to Merilah and touches Dabisheth. Then the wadi that is east of Jachniam from Sarid. It goes in the other direction, eastward towards the sunrise to the boundary of Chislof-Tabor. From there, it goes to Dabarath, then up to Javia. From there, it passes along on the east toward the sunrise of Gath-Kepher to Eth-Kazin, and going on to Remen, it bends toward Nia. Then on the north, the boundary makes a turn to Hanathan and ends at the valley of Iptail in Kata, uh, Nahalal, Shimron, Idalah, and Bethlehem, 12, Bethlehem, 12 towns with uh, their villages. This is the inheritance of the tribe of Zebulun, according to his families, these towns with their villages, the territory of Issachar. The fourth lot came out from Issachar, from the tribe of Issachar, according to his families, its territory included Jezreel. Chesluf, Shunim, Haphraim, Shion, Enaharoth, Rabbith, Kishion, Ebez, Remeth, Enganin, 
in Hara, Beth Pazes. The boundary also touches Tabor, Shahazuma, and Beth Shemesh. And its boundary ends at the Jordan, 16 towns with their villages. This is the inheritance of the tribes of Issachar, according to its families, the towns with their villages. The territory of Asher. The fifth lot came from the tribe of Asher, according to its families. Its boundary included Hekal, Hali, Batin, Akshrap, Alamelech, Ahmad, Mishal. On the west, it touches Carmel and Shehor. Libnoth. Then it turns eastward, goes to Beth Dagon, and touches Zebulon in the valley of Iptael, northward to Beth Emek in Neo. Then it continues in the north to Kabul, Ebron, Heba, Reba, uh, Rehob, Haman, Kana, as far as the great city. Then the boundary turns to Ramah, reaching on the fortified city of Tyre. Then the boundary turns to Hosa and ends at the sea. Mahalab, Akzib, Uma, Aphek, and Rehab. 22 towns with their villages. This is the inheritance of the tribes of Asher, according to his families. These towns with their villages. Whew. Just a few more people. The territory of Naphtali. The sixth lot came out from the tribe of Naphtali, from the tribe of Naphtali, according to his families, and its boundary ran from Helepath, Helep, from the oak in Zananim, Zananim and Adami Nekeb, and Jabnel, as far as Lakum, and ended on the Jordan, ended at the Jordan. Then the boundary turns westward to Asnath, Tabor, and goes from there to Hukak, uh, touching Zebulon at the south and Asher on the west and Judah on the east at the Jordan. The fortified towns are Zedim, Zir, Hamath, Raqqa, Chinnereth, Adamah, Ramah, Hazer, Kadesh, Edri, Enhazer, Iron, Migdal El Harim Beth Anaha oh, Beth Anath and Beth Shemesh 19 towns with their villages this is the inheritance of the tribe of Naphtali according to his families the towns with their villages the territory of Dan the territory like came out for the tribe of Dan according to his families the territory of its inheritance included Zerah Eshtal Ir Shemesh Shalabim Ajalon Ethloth Elon, um, not Musk, Timnah, <laughs> Ekron, El Tekeh, Gibithon, Balath, Jehud, Mini, Barak, Gath, Rimen, Me, Jarkok, Rakhon, at the border opposite Joppa. When the territory of the Danites was lost to them, the Danites went up and fought against. Leshem, and after capturing it and putting it to the sword, they took possession of it and settled it in calling Leshem Dan after their ancestor Dan. This is the inheritance of the tribe of Dan according to the families, these towns with their villages. Joshua's inheritance. When they had finished distributing the several territories of the lands at inheritance as inheritances, the Israelites gave an inheritance among them to Josh, son of Nun. By command of the Lord, they gave him the town that he asked for, Timnath, Sarah, in the hill country of Ephraim. He rebuilt the town and he settled in it. These are the inheritance that the priests Eleazar and Joshua, son of Nun, and the heads of the families of the tribes of the Israelites distributed by Lot at Shiloth before the Lord at the entrance of the tent of meeting. So they finished dividing the land. Thanks be to God. We boy was that a lot of zoning. Um, the Lord is quite the stickler. <laughs> um, I also, um, I don't know. The you did a really good job on all the pronunciation because that was a lot. Thanks, appreciate it. No problem. Um, I've been listening to our episodes and I've been trying to make sure I 
or try to be better about how I pronounce, but uh, while also keeping the pacing consistent because it messes up the flow, even with the music undertone in our you know episodes. It's rough. It really is rough. So yeah, um, I'm actually gonna knock this one out. <laughs> well, I guess just to uh, make you go right, mine is like super short. <laughs> It is, and then right after that, I got another long one, but it looks like it might be more story-based, but go ahead and do yours. Okay. I would love a story right about now. Joshua 20, the cities of refuge. Then the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Say to the Israelites, appoint the cities of refuge of which I spoke to you through Moses, so that anyone who kills a person without intent or by mistake may flee there. They shall be for you a refuge from the avenger of blood. The slayer shall flee to one of these cities and shall stand at the entrance of the gate of the city and explain the case to the elders of that city. Then the fugitive shall be taken into the city and given a place and shall remain with them. And if the avenger of blood is in pursuit, they shall not give up the slayer because the neighbor was killed by mistake. There having been no enmity between them before, the slayer shall remain in that city until there is a trial before the congregation, until the death of the one who is high priest at the time. Then the slayer may return home to the town in which the deed was done. So they set apart Kadesh and Galilee in the hill country of Naphtali and Shechem in the hill city of Ephraim and Kirath Arba, that is Hebron, in the hill country of Judah and beyond the Jordan east of Jericho they appointed Belzer in the wilderness on the tableland and from the tribe of Reuben and Ramoth in Gilead from the tribe of Gad and Goloth and Bashan from the tribe of Manasseh these were the cities designated for all the Israelites and for the aliens residing among them that anyone who killed a person without intent could flee there so as not to die by the hand of the avenger of blood until there was a trial before the congregation. Thanks be to God. We This was actually something we've seen before, which is setting up a city of refuge for people who accidentally kill other people. Seems to be a common thing. Yeah, like the Lord is really like, hey, I don't want you going too hard on people who accidentally kill other people. It's like, okay, but like, quite honestly, it's hard to kill a person. Like, this mm-hmm. is before before handguns. It's super easy to kill people now. Like, imagine killing someone with your bare hands. <laughs> or a rock. Like, you can't like you'd have to use... Do it. There's yeah. no there's no murder machines like yeah, there are now. Yeah, but they still now. had uh, knives and swords and stuff. They weren't very good. Like even that, like imagine killing someone with a very dull knife. Yeah, it takes a while. Yeah, it's super gross. So, okay, like it could be like in a cartoon where you accidentally drop something on somebody. My whole thing is there's just hasn't to me like this hasn't um been especially spiritually fulfilling. I would agree with that. So, um, and actually to me, like one of the main concerns I have in my life, and I would imagine life back then would be sexual assault. And there's nothing in here about how to prevent, punish, or or not do it. Like there's no admonishment of it. It's interesting that you bring that up. As someone who has the concern of sexual assault prevalent, um, being a woman, um, it's interesting to me that you have a, a different take than somebody who I know who also born a woman experienced sexual assault and they do not like Louis C.K. anymore. They used to be a fan and you brought him up earlier. That's why, I, you know, I thought about that at the time. But now since this is kind of being brought up, it's just I, I think it's interesting sometimes to hear other people's interpretations of a situation or how they perceive a thing. Um, I guess that's where I'm going with that. Oh, sure. And that's because I don't view Louis C.K. as someone whose name is on a list of, like, the bad people who did a thing. Like, to me, whenever, like, because even, um, I think we were discussing earlier about the uh, Dilbert thing and how Odoo got Mm. canceled. And I'm not even saying, like, the publishers were wrong to cut ties with him. But I think it's always more interesting to have a conversation with people because, even with Louis C.K., when you dig into what happened there, 
like he people just lump him in with like Harvey Weinstein and stuff and like Bill Cosby and all this stuff but it's That's like my friend no. does. yeah and it's like well like if you ask like what did this person do so with Harvey Weinstein when you look at the stories of what he did like he was physically and economically threatening people not just like everyone he created yeah, an not just women around either. him yeah, yeah of, around him of abuse Louis C.K. was because I don't want to defend what he did because he was hitting on women he was working with, mm -hmm. but he wasn't denying anyone or he, he was actually just being too straightforward. Like he was yeah. never violating anyone's consent, but what he was doing was not recognizing his privilege in the situation because even asking a subordinate for a sexual favor is inappropriate. And when that was explained to him at the time, though, he apologized, accepted it and stopped doing and stopped doing it. To me, that's the best outcome. Like, I don't think yeah. like constantly punishing people forever is the way to solve this, because to him, he was like he wasn't knowingly doing something wrong. He was doing something wrong, had that brought to his attention and then stopped. So to me, that's better than, let's say, a Bill Cosby or an R. Kelly, for instance, like that was in the news. He just got sentenced. And part of why they want to give him a long sentence is because he's completely unremorseful. He doesn't see anything wrong with what he did. So that person's more dangerous to me. The, the, the cancel culture, if you will, the mentality surrounding that, it's a little disgusting to me. It's it, it, just as an observer, because it seems that at least here in America, I can't, United States, I can't really speak for other parts of the world. It's this very sadist, like you're mad. There's something about people who are famous and it's like, you want to knock them down a peg. You want to see them fall, whether it be because you are unhappy with your circumstance in life as just a regular person. I, I'm not sure. Um, and there's, I, I feel like when I have these conversations, there's always this fine line because people will argue like, well, why are you defending these billionaires? Why are you defending? And it's like, I don't, I don't necessarily try to do that, but I also feel like there's, it's nuance to it. Like the R. Kelly thing, the, the uh, Bill Cosby thing, like I do think that they deserve the time that they've got. Somebody like a Louis C.K. versus I haven't really looked into his stuff, so I'm only going off what you said. But somebody like him, um, or even like, I, I guess I could throw like a Kobe Bryant in there. It's like well, people who made a mistake and they like seem to have learned from this mistake, but people just never want to let them live it down. Like, and it's, I don't know. I don't even know. Frustrating is the word. It's just sad I well guess. because my whole thing is like i would like to see sexual assault go down i don't want to just punish people i want to actually solve this problem because a lot of it seems to be based in the fact that there's a huge lack of communication for one about human sexuality period like i think that would go a long ways in uh, sort of because we where we live right now kind of what everyone pretends is the rule of the day is purity culture and people want Jeez. I mean do you agree or disagree I don't want to like yeah I mean I guess yeah I, it's frustrating for sure for from a dating standpoint but I mean do you agree with the purity culture statement that you may yes okay thank you so like I think when you're starting from already a very bad position, it's just going to get worse. And so when you, for one, just demonize human sexuality or sex drive outside of, you know, certain contexts, but basically almost every type of sex is non-sanctioned by our society. So, um, we, and then people like, gossip so it's easy to gossip about somebody everybody knows so and then of course sex gossip is always the funnest so um there's so many societal things that get brought up when these cases come forth so um even with the scott adams thing about him preferring like basically He's, he's missing the point, which I think everybody is, which is because he was responding to a survey 
to the question, is it okay to be white? And 53% of black people said no. And so he Wait, used... what? Oh, who? Who's Scott Adams? That's Dilbert, dude? Yeah, Dilbert, dude. Okay. And so he used that survey to say that black people at this point are a hate group and white people are better getting away from them. <laughs> and so for me, I mean, if you listen to the podcast, you know, I don't. To me. Right. But it only holds up if, for one, you believe that whiteness is a real thing, which I don't. I think it was an invented concept to create racial hierarchy. I don't think races actually exist. There's obviously different populations of people. But color coding people has always been weird. So the thing that. okay, go ahead. Well, the only reason I disagree is because when I when you see somebody, you can clearly see like if they don't have the same shade of skin as you then, like, there is a difference. And I feel like... So there's a difference between you and me? Yeah. And um, what is that difference other you're than a little, pigment? I'm a little darker. You're a little darker For the listeners, this is an audio medium. So, yes, I'm... Cat is blacker than Not T. Not much, but... <laughs> wow. You are, you are, like... But, I but my whole thing but is, I, like, I, you I, meet people who don't comfortably fit into any of those boxes, too. How? For one, um, we we haven't covered it here on this podcast, but there's a tremendous amount of people who have two black parents who look white and would pass for white. They'd abandon their families and pass for white. So at that point, are they white or are they passing for white? So because my whole thing is I think everyone is passing who considers themselves white is passing for white. Because whiteness doesn't exist. Because are because aren't there white people darker than you, but they're still considered white? I've yet to meet any white person that's darker than me. I have the little tanner ones. Hell yeah. Ooh, ooh. I've not. I've yet. And but see, this is my thing. I don't just go off of skin complexion. It's also of course that's not how race works because we're doing okay. eugenics. Okay. But that's why it's pernicious and evil and why the statement is being white okay isn't – it's too simplistic because the concept of whiteness is not okay. Being pale is fine. If you're a pale person, I don't care. But the idea that that paleness somehow puts you in a different strata, that's, to me, the insanity. I don't think, based upon your skin complexion or features, you should be given you know more or less privilege. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that I just would like for us to recognize that we all are, you know, we there are differences amongst humanity. In well, that's why I'm saying population is a better and oh, like well, and but different can. populations have a large variety of skin colors. So that's the thing, like within, let's say, like a country like Morocco, you're going to have all different types of complexions. But those people are all Moroccan. But putting those people into little boxes by skin color is weird. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, so I guess I agree with that. Thank so you. I mean, I guess yeah, we we agree then. Cool. About time. <laughs> Joshua twenty one. <laughs> uh, cities allotted to the Levites uh, or Levites. Uh, then the heads of the families of Levites came to the priests, Eleazar and Joshua the son of Nun, and to the heads of the families and the tribes of the Israelites. They said to them at Shelah, in the land of Canaan, the Lord commanded through Moses that we be given towns to live in, along with their pasture lands for our livestock. So by command of the Lord, the Israelites gave to the Levites the following towns and pasture lands out of their inheritance. The lot came out for the families of Kohathites, so those Levites who were descendants of Aaron, the priests received by lot 13 towns from the tribes of Judah, Simeon, and Benjamin. The rest of the Kohathites received by lot 10 towns from the families of the tribe of Ephraim, from the tribe of Dan, and the half tribe of Manasseh. The Gershonites received by lot 13 towns from the families of the tribe of Ishakar, from the tribe of Asher, from the tribe of Tali, and from the half tribe of Manasseh in Bashan. The Merites According to their families, received 12 towns from the tribe of Reuben, the tribe of Gad, and the tribe of Zebulun. 
these towns and their pasture lands the Israelites gave by lot to the Levites as the Lord had commanded through Moses. Out of the tribe of Judah and the tribe of Simeon, they gave the following towns mentioned by name, which went to the descendants of Aaron and one of the families of the Kohathites who belonged to the Levites, since the town fell to them first. They gave them Kiriath Arba, Arba being the father of Anak, that is Hebron, in the hill country of Judah, along with the pasture lands around it. But the fields of the land and its villages have been given to Caleb, son of Jeff, 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 Jephunneh, as its holding. To the descendants of Aaron, the priests, they gave Hebron the city of refuge for the slayer with the pasture lands, Libna with its pasture lands, Jatir with its pasture lands, Eshtemah with its pasture lands, Holon with its pasture lands, Debir with its pasture lands, Ayan with its pasture lands, Judah with its pasture lands, and Beth Shemesh with its pasture lands. Nine towns out of the, these two towns. Out of the tribe of Benjamin, Gibeon with its pasture lands, Geba with its pasture lands, Anathoth with its pasture lands, Almond with his pasture lands, four towns. The towns of the descendants of Aaron, the priests, were 13 in all with their pasture lands. As to the rest of the Kohathites belonging to the Kohathite family of the Levites, the town allotted to them were out of the tribe of Ephraim. To them were given Shechem, the city of refuge for the slayer, with his pasture lands in the hill country of Ephraim, Gezer with his pasture lands. Kibzaim with its pasture lands and Beth Haran with its pasture lands. Four towns out of the tribe of Dan. El Taki with its pasture lands. Gibbon, Gibbethon with its pasture lands. Ajalon with its pasture lands. Gathraman with its pasture lands. Four towns out of the half tribe of Manasseh. Tanakh with its pasture lands and Gathraman with its pasture lands. Two towns. The towns of the families of the rest of the Koathites were ten in all with their pasture lands. The Gershonites, wow, Jesus. <laughs> the Gershonites, to the Gershonites, one of the families of the Levites were given out of the half tribe of Manasseh, Goan and Bashan, with its pasture lands, the city of refuge for the slayer, and Beth Bish. Terah with this pasture lands, two towns out of the tribe of Ishakar, Kishion with this pasture lands, Dabarath with this pasture lands, Jarmuth with this pasture lands, Inganim with this pasture lands, four towns out of the tribe of Asher, Mishal with this pasture lands, Abdon with this pasture lands, Helkath with this pasture lands, and Rehob with this pasture lands, four towns out of the tribe of Naphtali, Kadesh, and Galilee with this pasture lands, the city of the refuge of the slayer, Hamath. Dor with this pasture lands and Carton with this pasture lands, three towns. The towns of the several families of the Gershonites with in all 13 with their pasture lands. To the rest of the Levites, the Merite families were given out of the tribe of Zebulon, Jachneum with this pasture lands, Karta with this pasture lands, Dinna with this pasture lands, Nahal with this pasture lands, four towns out of the tribe of Reuben, Bezer with this pasture lands, Jaza with this pasture lands. Ketamoth with its pasture lands and Mephoth with its pasture lands. Four towns. Out of the town of Gad, Gamoth, and Gilead with its pasture lands, the city of refuge for the slayer. Mahanaim with its pasture lands. Heshbon with its pasture lands. Jazir with its pasture lands. Four towns in all. As for the towns of the several Merari families, that is, the remainder, the remainder of the families of the Levites, those allotted to them were twelve in all. The towns of the Levites with in the holdings of the Israelites were in all 48 towns with their pasture lands. Each of these towns had its pasture lands around it, so it was all these towns. Thus the Lord gave to Israel all the land that he swore to these ancestors that he would give them, and having taken possession of it, they settled there. And the Lord gave them rest of on every and the Lord gave them rest on every side, just as He had sworn to their ancestors. Not one of all their enemies had withstood Him. Not one of all the not one of all their enemies had withstood them. For the Lord had given all their enemies into their lands, into their hands. Not one of all the good promises that the Lord had made to the houses of Israel had failed. All came to pass. Thanks be to God. Woo. Yeah, there wasn't much of a story there. I thought it would be. I mean, there was just more zoning. It was a little bit more. Um, 
well, you got my hopes up, and now they're dashed, so. Well, that's typically what I do to people. <laughs> um, Yikes. Yeah, but yeah. in good news, we are almost done with Joshua. We only have that is good news. three more books after this. I'm so excited. Yeah, this hasn't been great. Um, I do understand now why a lot of dude bros are named Josh. Because it's a very, um, like, let's, yeah, let's take it over oh my kind of energy. No, I'm just kidding. If your name's Joshua, you're probably, you're fine. You're fine. Um, yeah, I don't But there any... is a reason why, like, if you're doing a dude bro, like, you're like, Josh, hey, hey Josh, you know, like, that is a thing. Sure, I'll tell you. <laughs> But that's a that's a mean stereotype, and we don't have to promote it. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> next time on Bible Breakdown, we will have Joshua twenty two, twenty three, and twenty four, and then we will be done with Oh uh, Joshi. Uh, oh God! Which we'll okay. be discussing the Eastern tribes' return to their territory. We'll be just we'll be discussing Joshua extorts. Oh, what the, the hell? Extorts the people. That we're yeah. renewing the covenant again. How many times are we going to do this? The tribe renews the covenant. I mean, it's you got to continue to update the standard. It's another software update. It's, a, <sighs> it's like, you know, I, I tell people that I've, um, I date, like, you got to continue to update the standard. Like, you can't just be like, assume that we are still, feel how we felt when we first got together. I still kind of feel like God's been sort of a bad boyfriend. <laughs> the lord yeah i mean i don't know he's kind of just chilling at this point you know yeah he's just the having last, them do everything it's like he's like i made a whole universe i'm supposed to give you guys somewhere to live i just want you guys to be my people who love me i always thought even when i was younger i thought that was weird that hmm. people like god has a chosen people it's like so he made everybody and just to me it just it makes it so clear why family dynamics are so messed up. Like when people are like, oh, I'm in a good Christian family. If someone in your family is super into religion, like the actual religion part, not just the church part, because I will say church, modern church, it, the branding is very different than what is actually in here. And so biblical, biblical literalists. This is my beef. I mean, to me, it's like this is either your joint or it's not. My whole point is you can do all the good stuff without this book. It's actually harder to do the good stuff and promote this book. For real, for real. This has been my beef, but when you say that, it just it's, it's like you're speaking a different language to people. I know. Branding is so powerful. I've, my daughter has recently like really gotten into South Park, so I've been rewatching a lot of South Park and watching because I haven't watched the. Sh I did you know the show still they still make new episodes of South Park? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that that show has been on They're since right then. Right up there with The Simpsons. It's it's a little bit younger than the system it is. but not, yeah, yeah. Simpsons but is the longest running animation yeah there. they're they're right up there because it's from the 1900s but in one of the more recent episodes the there were 1900s. <laughs> still right. the 1900s and so they were it was an episode the theme was on branding basically and because i think kyle was trying to come up with a new brand and it was this company called come hammer and they were just basically, but it was, once again, for such a crass show, it's very insightful. Yeah, like, it's, it's it's very, very insightful. And it's funny going back and watching it as an adult because, of course, I liked it when I was younger because it was just so, it's so bad. It's like they have these little kids saying cuss words and they're running around. And it was like, it was just really fun. But there were some very and I don't agree with everything, but for the most part, they nailed it because they made fun of Kanye and Michael Jackson a lot. I didn't really like that. Oh, uh, well, sorry. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> They're allowed to do what they do. They make fun of everybody. So, you know, if I'm I, laughing. I was talking to somebody yesterday. Uh, we were texting and I was just like, you know, I've gotten to a place in life. The reason I say, oh, well. So I've gotten to a place in life where it's just like, 
I want to continue to be reminded to not exaggerate my own importance. I'm not above being made fun of. I'm not above getting my feelings hurt. I'm not above any of these things. And I think to relate it back to Bible slash church culture is like in kind of what you were just saying, this chosen mentality. It's like we often become susceptible to this mentality that we are better than the sum of our parts, if you will. Um, and it, I don't, I don't find that to be true. And I'm, I'm constantly trying to remind myself that uh, actually, uh, I listened to a podcast yesterday too, that they were just like, you are replaceable and you need to come to grips with the fact that you are replaceable. Now that can be like sensationalizing people's mind. Like, Oh my God. Like, I don't want to, but like it, I actually find comfort in the fact that not only am I replaceable, not only am I expendable because we had a conversation offline a few days ago about the titanic and how i felt about the you know women and children first thing and the standard that men have to be up held up to but um i'm i'm finding more peace and just uh, in the fact that like yeah you're not special actually um and in that actually that kind of is more freeing just and to relate it i guess essentially back to church and everything else is that's kind of what took me away from this path too. It's just cause I'm not, I've always kind of felt like kind of how you were saying you felt like, um, when you were younger, you know, it was kind of weird that God, uh, <laughs> you know, wanted everybody to just love him. And I've always kind of felt like, yeah, I'm not actually that special. Like I never I just, I learned at a very young age. Like I'm never like lucky. Like I'm never like that person who would get strong disagree would get picked in class to to win like a hundred dollar gift card or something like like I, when I, did I never, that ever happen? Um, I mean, I'm just I'm just shooting that example. Like, like that specific thing didn't happen, but like I just never have been that like a very rarely. I'm not gonna say never because there have been moments where like things, have, but I've very rarely been that person. Very very rarely been that person, and so I just learned young like I'm not special and like I think society has a way of kind of branding you to think like you deserve this thing and well yeah entitlement yeah and I I guess that's what I'm trying to say is I'm trying to remove that mentality from myself I'm trying to remove that out of my dating life and I just want that same respect reciprocated and i want that in my spiritual life too it's just like i don't want this uh but when you speak like this people will be like you're you're trying to make yourself into a god well that's the thing i think people that's what's so hard is living in a godless universe like for a lot of people because i've heard people say that like if this isn't true then i don't want to live and it's like i can't relate to that feeling to me life just kind of is what it is regardless of what i believe so and also too because this doesn't give me comfort like i said reading about these land deals for god's chosen people to me isn't comforting and I don't know why it should be either. And the on and I mean I know Black History Month's over, but it's always Black History. A reminder for people who are offended by the term Black History: it only exists because we've been. It's just an acknowledgement that we are part of the narrative. There's not a separate history with just Black people. We're all in this together. It's just an acknowledgement of once again the brutality of the concept of whiteness. Like, that's what everyone's bucking up against. It's, I've been told my whole life I'm not white. Why is it so hard to hear you're not white? I survived it. You're not, I mean, here's, and this is, this, this is the true gospel. Everybody ready for it? Nobody is white. It's like in the Matrix when it was like, you can't bend the spoon. That's impossible. You can only realize the truth. There are no white people. Necessarily offended by that concept. I'm, I'm offended by some of the practices that come from the idea of that concept, but I'm not like, if somebody says they're white or whatever, I don't give a shit. Um, well, but once again, what does being white mean? To me, it's just skin complexion mixed with a certain feature. Certain so, right. They feature. are 
specific recessive physical phenotypes because like you said it's yeah. not just skin because yeah. we have i have family yeah. members who are just yeah. as pale as pale it can be so it's the reason why it's sort of pernicious is because it's not even just linked to appearance it's what you can potentially reproduce and that's when we get into genetics because a very light-skinned woman can still have a dark-skinned child and that's what makes you not white what you can produce and to me that's why it's not morally neutral it's something because they are actively trying to stay white and that means you can't have these darkies around here messing up your little eugenics plan I mean, I guess I don't think that. I don't know. I had read something or browsed something a while ago that was like, you know, about like twenty fifty people are gonna start looking like a more like um, uh, Rashida Jones type. But once again, that's only if you negate most of the planet, which is because we we get in that minority mindset where no, like the reason that comforts white people is because it's like, okay, well, we're so, like, all of that is dumb. Like, thinking about what people are going to look like, because quite honestly, we should be thinking about what we're actually going to evolve into. Humanity, I'm sure the Neanderthals thought they were the apex of, you know, humanity. Like, this focus on our physical appearance and phenotypes is bizarre and weird. And in the, if you look at, like, places like in Africa and stuff like that, like, these are populations that don't consider race because they haven't been taught to. Like, this is something that has to be taught. So I think we should stop teaching it. That's my whole thing. If people want to be like, I don't care if people want to, quote unquote, interracially mix. To me, that's a misnomer because there are no races. That's, I respect that viewpoint. I guess for me, I just choose not to let it bother me as much. I mean, it's once again, it's not a problem until it's a problem. I mean, the pro- <laughs> but the problems that are because like, how I, do I mean historically how do white people keep things white through racism and racist practices? I'm not, but I'm not like when I no, say no, I, no, that's very, very bland. Like, how do they do it? They create a network of terror. Like okay. literally to the form of stringing people to trees, which according to the Bible, you're not supposed to do. You're not supposed to leave people hanging from a tree overnight and burning crosses and physically keeping people out of buildings to get educated. Like there's a brutality where racist practices, it's kind of like when you say child molestation. I'm like, don't do that. It's rape. It's assault. Like use the actual word so that we're really impacted by it because we use this language to make ourselves feel more comfortable with these systems. I'm not doing that. Okay, because but that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm limited in my vocabulary. Sure, but like when you think about what white people, what people who consider themselves white do to keep things white, it's not morally neutral. That's why the Adams thing is controversial, and why people might not understand why it's so dangerous. Because we were going back to a mindset of, well, wasn't it just nicer? when we didn't have to think about all this and it's like no you didn't have to think about it you were sheltered yeah, and I protected some... and had people doing the dirty work for you like i'm sure he himself has never physically oppressed a black person he's just going to keep voting for people who do it for him yeah and see this is because he's I a big in... trump guy that was the thing this he's is a big where trump I get guy into my... i guess paradox because a comedian bill burr that i really enjoy he had the joke and i think we talked about this on here before where um he said you know when he was comparing women who would be like oh you know you're part of the problem and he was like no you know um he made the joke about the WNBA, and he was like how many women go support that and all that he's like you don't y'all would rather support people tearing each other women other women tearing each other down y'all don't go to the games this is your fucking problem and I thought about that the other day as it pertains to race or being black. Um, and I just feel like, yeah, to to not recognize that the system is against us in a large way is asinine. 
So we could just end the sentence there. Like the only way you can blame racism on black people is to ignore. But I'm not blaming. I'm not. But this. But I'm going a step further with this. It's like. Well, and we get into these talks well, the, all uh, just the time, so you know, the example you gave with Bill Burr was him blaming women for sexism. So the parallel would be like if it's black people's because that was the actual if you read like the uh, interview Scott Adams gave, that was what he was saying is like it's up to black people to get I out of their situation know about Scott Adams. You brought this up. I don't I don't. Even but I'm just does. saying you're both sort of agreeing on this point that black people need to get themselves out of it and kind of stop yeah, doing this they to do. themselves. But and that only works if you ignore what the system white people are creating to keep Kat, us oppressed. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, like, yes, from, from no, me, are we are we from, ignoring that? Are we all agreeing? I'm not to ignoring ignore? that. I'm okay. not, I can't ignore it because I'm a black man. So like, I you can't. Lots of black it. men do. But I, I, okay, I don't, but I would shoot, but I just personally, how I was raised, I, I, like, I would never do that. There has to be an acknowledgement of we got to get our shit together. Like, white people look at this like, this is your fucking problem. And it, in, in, we didn't create the problem, but we are responsible in the sense of how we react or respond to the problem. So, like, you can't, everybody has to get on board, like, back in the day, or, or, or at least a large number of people have to. And we could argue that, oh, well, every time we do that, they try to tear us down, da-da-da-da. But, like, at some point, we have to do something to shift the gear. So That's if we're – okay, let's use the metaphor of crabs in a barrel, right? Because um, people tend to like that one because we describe ourselves as crabs in a barrel. And so we see someone trying to get out and we grab them back. But can – for me, the reason why I'm I speak directly to people who consider themselves white and to, because to me, I really want to solve this problem. I don't want to keep complaining about it. It's like, could you please stop building this barrel? You guys keep maintaining this barrel. We're all trying to get out of it, working really, really hard to. And but someone keeps patching up this barrel. So to ask people to get themselves out of a situation that they didn't put themselves into, hey, that's life. But to actively have an entire group of people who have more resources and built the entire system, because to me that's gaslighting, like, because racism is an abuse system. So it's this constant denial of my reality, which is work harder. Why aren't you just working harder? And it's like, I'm working to the point of near exhaustion and insanity. Actually, that was a big part of of slavery, where this idea you could work your way out of it, you could buy your way out of it. It's, it's always a trap. So to ask yourself to work inside of a trap is, it's to me insulting. But to other people, so this idea of like, let's destroy white supremacy while still maintaining whiteness, it's not going to work. I feel like we're talking about so many different layers. It's not a for simple me, thing. It's not. But for me, it's just for my own mental health, like, and just how I am, I recognize that it's shit. And so, okay, it's shit. How do I get out of it? How do I How do I beat it? That's how I look at it. Because to me, complaining about it gets nothing done. Like, it doesn't. So it's like, how do I figure out a way to beat the system? And then when I beat the system as a black man, then I know what I went through. And it's like, all right, now I'm going to try to create resources or things to give back to people that can help uplift it. I can't speak for everybody else. That's just the way I choose to approach it. But I also feel like it's exhausting to continue to have the conversation, too, if there's no action that's being taken. There, The problem is when there is action, there's that pushback from the that's the thing like it's I'm not saying that black people should do nothing but the constant ignoring like you have to push back against this narrative that nothing is being done to us that we can't undo ourselves to a certain degree not fully but to a certain degree I don't give a fuck about the pushback an example, but you're also dismissing a lot of people who don't have your privilege in what way because when you say you don't care about the pushback, so because we're we're not being specific with our words, because the pushback is very. I was about to give an example. What is an example of pushback against people? 
I was gonna give an example to highlight my point. What what is what is an example for you? Okay, because I I want to stay here because a lot of the, I feel like a lot of this conversation gets lost in broad sweeping terms. So when I talk about the pushback, I'm talking about um, cutting back uh, benefits to Medicare, uh, to SNAP, education, like things that. You didn't necessarily have to, you don't have to depend on right now. Like the idea of, um, uh, let's say for instance, one of the big things that was done by the Supreme Court before Scalia died was striking down the Civil Rights Act, basically, which is that Southern states aren't allowed to change their voting laws until it goes through the federal court system. They've reversed that now. And so we see now a lot of states have changed their voting laws. So it's super hard for black people to vote now. And they do the gerrymandering stuff like that. So we're, these things are so intricate and so like baked into the sauce that like the fact that we're not, on the brink of homelessness right now, like is a huge privilege. So I recognize that. And my thing is like, and the, uh, yeah, this sounds shitty, but I mean, I've been broker than I am now. And you just, ha- you have to endure, like you have to endure and like continue to do what you can do to just try to survive. So I certainly don't, fault people for feeling how they feel i'm just speaking from my own personal experience and like for me continuing to have the conversation when there's no change does nothing for me it actually irritates me more than anything because it's like you're providing all of this consciousness about it but there's no change i'm just a person i'm like i try to be solutions based i want to be like if what you're saying totally makes sense to me but if there's no change from it, then it's just like, all right, well, we're just, were we just going to continue to be miserable and bitch about it? No, but we have to be very, um, when we just go along with the system, um, cause it's, I've been reading a lot of Octavia Butler's books and what's interesting is she had one, uh, it was a TV show too on, uh, who, who was it? Hulu? Yeah. Hulu called Kindred about a black woman who's going back in time between modern time and slavery and in the book she talks about like wait because that's what she's told by the other black people when she goes back to slavery it's like you got to calm down because we need to just survive and she's like okay and so she just starts going along with it and at a certain point she's like wait when did I stop acting like when did I actually become like subservient and submissive and stopped like doing these things, like that's the thing, like the system, it does wear you down to a point where it's like, well, I just got to do what I got to do. Yes, that, and I feel like for our parents and grandparents, that's true. But at a certain point, we have to go past our comfort level and been like, hey, th- we're starting to see stuff roll back. Which I agree with that. I didn't say, hey, just, I said, you got to do what you got to do to endure and survive. But I didn't say stop there. Like, I feel like continue to figure out ways to make it happen. I just. that, But it's going to inconvenience people who consider themselves white. That's the thing. I don't give like, a shit about inconvenience. But okay, me personally, well, I don't good. give a shit about inconveniencing them. Well, like, that's I don't, good. But that, so, the example I was gonna, so the example I was going to give is my grandma was like, there's a restaurant here in town that I guess apparently used to did, back in the day didn't serve black people. And she says she would never go there just like because they did it. And to me, I'm like, I mean, I have no aspirations to really go there. But if I went, like, I'm I'm not going to feel away because I'm, I'm never looking for white acceptance. So for me, it's never like, oh, Oscar's so white type mentality. Like, I'm, I wouldn't even spend energy trying to boycott that shit. To win a BET award, to me, would mean more than winning an Oscar for me. Build your own shit. Like, but that's still coming from a place of privilege. The fact that you even not, have the ability to build your own shit is because of the privileges you have now. There's a step to that, though, because I recognize my privilege and though, therefore I can use my privilege to then help other people who don't have the same privilege as me. I'm speaking for me. I can't speak for whoever other black 
accomplished person. I can only speak to my mentality and how I was raised. So therefore, it's like I I'm mean, like I don't think you're shit. I don't think your grandma's crazy for not wanting to eat at a restaurant that didn't used to serve black people, even if it's different now. I totally get that, especially when it comes to putting something in your body. Well, we have different views on this, though, because I think you've never gone to school with the type of white people I've gone to school with. So we have mm. we've both we both went to the same school, but I went to a school that really valued whiteness before that the school yeah before that yeah and you know what i constantly feel like i feel like the order of the phoenix from harry potter where people are like we don't have to worry about the death eaters anymore we already did that like we don't even have to worry about that anymore and i'm like now nah, there's still still motherfucking death eaters out here who want voldemort I, but to come I'm back not, i'm not saying i don't think that that is not my argument. Well, and in, in the Harry Potter verse, there was like, well, we don't. I'm like, I think we need to make sure that we're not letting these people like get away with like it, it gives them more power to me. That's it's I told you I've like been kind of fixated on this study of power. And so when we ignore these people gaining power, we do it to our detriment. And I think when you so focus on trying to make sure oh don't let them get too powerful and you're also not empowering yourself you're also doing that to your own detriment that's what the order of the phoenix was was getting that power like learning how to fight them like it's not about being docile because fighting is like figuring out how the fuck i can create the resource and create my own shit to therefore i don't have to depend on a white institution that's my power the whole thing is, though, as long as there is a white institution, you're only going to do so well. Because to me, I w let me use a different metaphor. It would be like if I were out of shape and I'm like, I want to get in shape. I'm tired of being sick. But I just go to the gym. I ignore the fact that I have cancer and need to get chemo. So even though from the inside I'm being, you know, eaten up by cancer, I'm like, I'm going to the gym, though. I'm I can fight it off. And it's like. You're ignoring a stematic that's problem. That's what I'm saying. My argument but is But that's my thing. It's like. Both. You can do okay. both. You can go to the gym and you can Well, get, then let's. Exactly. But, so that's my whole thing with doing both is not giving a pass to racists who want more power. You. Thank you. Like, that's my whole yeah. thing is like, yeah, it's a it's a big problem with more than one solution. Sometimes I feel like when we have these discussions, you get so fixated on just the one side. I'm like, don't forget. No, because you yourself. were you just said before you didn't give a fuck about what white people are doing. Like, so that to me is what it, I, I, I said that I said that in the framework of just like focus when I'm solely focusing on establishing myself. But I also recognize, yeah, these motherfuckers want me dead. They don't or they don't want me here. They or they at least want me enslaved. I recognize that, and I think that's important. We should not, like you said, let them get away with that shit. But I also cannot lose focus on trying to, while I'm combating that, trying to also break free, free and establish my own thing. Because if you don't also set that other thing up, even while you're fighting this shit, you will have nothing to go to. Is kind of how I feel. If that makes sense. Because part of their plan is to be like not doing anything that bad and the fact too that gaslighting is very real in this situation so you have quote-unquote white people saying it's not that bad don't think about it don't talk about it and you also get that from black people who are like we just need to concentrate on us do for self but as long as that cancer is there you're you're gonna suffer your kids are gonna suffer we're all going to yeah. suffer yeah and i guess for me there's no readily um like i don't see the the through line the the clear through line which is where where does that moment meet where we have empowered ourselves while also simultaneously um deconstructing this system well and that's the thing i think we need to it's going to take a lot of creative thinking because we're still thinking us and them and that's still uh a binary that's been created to keep us in a box so i think what's more important is we need to start tearing down this idea of there's a them like well, i have a take that i feel like racism is not real but it's not real because i think the richest people actually don't give a fuck about race they only give a fuck about class but a lot 
do care about race. Like to, it's built into it, the same way people. Because I, I mean, we don't have time to get into the day, but let's talk about at some point the link between race and religion. Like they're such big identifiers. That's why a lot of people don't want to accept some of the things we're talking about and maybe dismiss some of this theology is because it's tied to their identity so when your race and religion are so tied to your identity for someone like me who's like well I'm too much really of a mongrel to even fit tightly into any box and I've given up on religion so but I'm still here I'm still a person I still have an identity but so many people don't I don't exist to themselves outside of those identifiers and i think that's where we we mess up yeah i don't know let's stop it there this okay talk. thanks for the I talk mean, again, yes I and i apologize let me apologize for and i'm doing it now let me apologize for interrupting you so much it's okay i mean no it's not Thank okay you. but i'm you know I thank you like for forgiving you. me yeah i forgive you <laughs> I wanted us to be on the same page because and see people you approach to this you can ki- forgive people without killing a goat or killing them yeah yeah T did it just now he's not even a god he's just some guy <laughs> <laughs> um, alright so bible breakdown black podcast guy at, g- <laughs> at gmail.com uh, website coming soon instagram's uh, back up Twitter's coming. Um, still need to work on Patreon and stuff. But yeah, excited to be back, people. Yeah. Thanks so much. Bye, guys. <laughs>